to worship God we come into uh, the presence of the living God, the almighty God, the triune God who reigns on high, who is worthy of all praise and all honour. Let me read a few words from uh, Isaiah and chapter 40. Isaiah and chapter 40, towards the end of the chapter, he gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, these words remind us of a, of a great God, a God who is wise, who is powerful, who is loving, and who is caring. Let's worship this God. Let's sing praises to him by singing in Psalm 84. Uh, in the uh, Scottish Psalter, Psalm 84, singing verses uh, 1 to 6. How lovely is thy dwelling place, O Lord of hosts to me, the tabernacles of thy grace, how pleasant, Lord, they be. We're going to sing to God's praise.
I'll just say um, that I come with the greetings of the Fordrose congregation and uh, our continued prayers as well for every single one of you in the congregation here. Let's, uh, let's come to God and pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence to worship you. Lord, we recognize that we are undeserving of even being in your presence. We recognize that we are undeserving of your love. We rejoice at your word which reminds us of the wonderful hope that there is in the gospel. The mercy that uh, is expressed through your word. We thank you that you are a God of grace. That uh, your love for your people does not change. It is constant. Indeed you are the the God who does not change. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. Lord, we live in a world that is full of confusion, a world that is chaotic in so many different ways. But we rejoice this morning as we come into your presence that you are a God who delights in his people coming into his presence and worshipping him and singing his praises. We thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who reigns on high, who gave of his life for our sakes, who went to the cross, that we do not have to go to the cross, who lived a life that we cannot live, and died the death that we deserve to die. And we thank you that in Christ we have hope. We thank you, Lord God, for the wonderful promises in your word, your promises which tell of a time where there will be no tears and no frustrations, a time where there will be no cancer and no illness, a time where uh, there will be no darkness, as it were. We thank you for that wonderful hope. And we thank you for this day, the Sabbath day, a day in which you have gifted to us to rest, but also a day in which we might come into your presence with your people in fellowship to worship you and to sing your praises. We give you thanks. We thank you for the small things in our lives and we thank you for the big things as well. Lord, we bless you and we pray that you would speak to us today. Forgive us all that is amiss in our lives and we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Boys and girls, it's so good to see uh, all of you uh, this morning. Uh, it's really, really, really good. Boys and girls, I have something here that you may recognize. You may have seen something like this. Has anybody any idea what this might be? Is any gonna be, anyone going to be brave enough and put up their hand and tell me, what this is. I know at least one little girl who knows what this is. I don't know if she's going to put her hand up. Yes. Sorry? A 
A medical bag. What a great answer. And, 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 you're, and you're right. This is a first aid kit. And this is really, really important. It's important that we have one of these in our homes. It's important that we have one or more than one of these in the school where we go to. It's important that we have one in the church. And I'm pretty sure that there will be at least one first aid kit in the, in the church here. So they're really, really important. We should have them wherever we are. And I wonder, boys and girls, what are some of the things that we might find in a first aid kit? Again, does anyone, who, anyone want to give a hesitator guess to that? What what we find? Yes, I, I see the same little hand that's going up there. Yeah, what do we find in the first aid kit? Blasters. So when we fall, when we burn ourselves, I wonder how many of us have got scars to show when we've fallen. I know my little girl Faith has got scars when she's fallen. And so first aid, there are various things that we need to, that we need. Sometimes we'll find cotton balls to use to clean a wound. You know when you've grazed yourself, and I know some of the boys and girls are showing their, their scars. When, we, we, when you graze yourself, you need a bit of cotton wool to, to clean out all the dirt. Or maybe you might find spray or ointment to kill the germs. Or sometimes you get another spray to spray on if we burn ourselves. So these are all things that we might find in a first aid kit. And we heard plasters. And another big thing that we might find is bandages. So when someone is hurt, it's important to have a first aid kit and to know how to use the things that are in it. Boys and girls, this is what I really wanted to say to you this morning. The Bible is a little bit like a first aid kit. The Bible is a little bit like a first aid kit. When we get into a scrape, the Bible has the answer. If someone makes a cutting remark and it really hurts us, the Bible has the answer. If we have a burning question and just don't know what to do, the Bible has the answer. Do you know what, boys and girls? I think we can even say that the Bible has the answer for most things. The Bible is amazing. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible in the Psalms that says this. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Your promise means the truth. The truth in the Bible. And one of the things that's really important is that we know how to use the first aid kit. We learn how to use the Bible. And um, knowing how to use the Bible will help us in our lives. Knowing how to use God's first aid kit will save your life. Boys and girls, I'm just going to pray um, just for a moment. So let's just bow our heads where we are. Thank you, Lord, for healing the hurts in our life. Teach us to trust in you. Pray for all the boys and girls in this congregation. We pray, Heavenly Father, 
that they would learn how to use the Bible and that how they would learn how to find the answers that we find in the Bible. Would you bless them? Would you uphold them? And would you strengthen them? And we ask it in Jesus and for his sake. Oh man, thank you boys and girls. Thank you. We're going to sing again, friends, um, this time in Psalm number 40. Psalm 40, singing verses 1 to 5 and sing psalms. I waited long upon the Lord. He heard my cry and turned to me. He raised me from the slimy pit and from the mire he pulled me free. One of my favorite psalms. What a wonderful psalm and what wonderful words to sing. Let's sing to God's praise. I'm going to read um, in the Bible in Isaiah and chapter 55. In Isaiah and chapter 55.
of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55 come everyone who thirsts come to the waters and he who has no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without price why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food incline your ear and come to me hear that your soul may live and I will make you uh, make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast sure love for David behold I made him a witness to the peoples a leader and commander for the peoples behold you shall call a nation that you do not know and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel for he has glorified you seek the Lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth making it bring forth and sprout giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that be, word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle and it shall make a name for the Lord an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off Amen this is the word of God uh, it is his truth um, the word of God inspired and inerrant well, we're going to sing again now in Psalm 32 verses 1 to 6 how blessed the one who has received forgiveness for his sins sing Psalms uh, Psalm 32 verses 1 to 6 let's stand to sing
Well friends, let's uh, look together. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me to Isaiah in chapter 55. And I'm going to read uh, verse 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7 of Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For he will abundantly pardon. One of the themes of the Bible is the inevitability of Adversity, the inevitability of pain and of suffering, uh, be that personal relationships, whether it's uh, difficulties that you are experiencing this morning in, in personal relationships, or be it facing an uncertain future, uh, maybe the result of a diagnosis that you've been dreading. And receiving that diagnosis and facing a future that is uncertain or unknown. And so the, the inevitability of, of, of difficulties, of facing the future in an uncertain way. This congregation has been through difficulties of, of, of late, been through a difficult time. But also when we, when we think about adversity or in line of that, we think of the world in which we live, a world uh, which is, in, in one respect, a world which is, which is in chaos, a, a world which is full of uncertainty. There's another thing that the Bible uh, will teach us, and that is that there is hope. And, and that is not a hope which is like, well, I hope you get better soon, or I hope next week is a better week for you. No, the, the hope of the Bible is a hope which is found on the sound, the solid foundation, which is Christ crucified. This is a sure hope. This is a hope that is foundational. This is a hope that is certain. And this is a hope on which we are able to ground our lives collectively and as individuals. A hope that is sure and guaranteed. And now, in one respect, Isaiah is a message of hope. This is a people who were sent into exile because of their rebellion against God. But they are not a people who are left without hope. They are a people who are given hope. They are a people who are encouraged in Isaiah to repent of sin and trust the Lord to bring the faithful remnant of Israel and other nations to what we might say is unprecedented blessing after the exile. And so there is wonderful hope there. And just to, to get a better handle on the section of Isaiah, we need to understand that, 
The chapter previous to chapter 55 or 54, we read there about the servant's work. And we might describe the servant's work there as that which details the, the objective God-given benefits of the servant's work. What Christ has done and what, and, 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 and what is sure from God. Verse 8 and, and chapter 54 says, In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. And then we, we get to chapter 55, which answers what we might say is the, the subjective question of what is our response that would bring benefits to us into our personal experience based on what God has done for us in Christ. What is our response then to God and for the, the, the finished work of Christ on the cross? And the beginning of chapter, uh, of, of chapter 55 speaks about our need to listen to God in His Word and to respond to His Word. To listen to Him and respond to what He has to say to us in His Word. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which is, does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Listen diligently to me. And so, responding to God's word. And then from verse, verse 6 and 7, we're going to think this morning about our need to pursue God. Our need to turn away from our sin and to hold on to his promise of mercy. To pursue God, to turn away from our sin and hold on to his wonderful promise of mercy. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And so the choice is given to the people of Isaiah and the choice is given to us today. today. How is it that we will respond to God? In our family, treat day is Friday. And... Uh, the message for Fridays is that if, 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 if we're good, if we, if we listen to mom and dad, if we respond to them, then there are treats at the end of the day. And there is a sense in which God says, here, here, here is my promise for you. How is it that you will respond to me? And so I want to notice, first of all, just two things this morning. First of all, notice the God who is there. The God who is there. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. 
And it speaks about a God who is accessible. A God who is not distant, but a God who is accessible. A God who is personal. A God who we can speak to. What does it mean to seek the Lord? Well, just imagine for a moment I I have to visit a couple and I don't know if the couple are at home and so I go to their home and I ring the bell and there is no response and I'm wondering to myself, are this couple at home? And I tap on the door and there's still no response and I go to the side window and I tap at the window and I'm thinking to myself, are they here or are they not here? And I go round to the back and I think to myself, perhaps with this lovely weather, they're in the back garden and they're outside on the deck and maybe they're there. I don't know if they're there, so I'll go and have a look and I'll see if, if the couple are there. That's not what Isaiah means when he says, seek the Lord. The meaning here is different. It's not looking for one who is lost, but of coming with commitment to the one known to be there. Seek the Lord, it's coming with commitment to the one known to be there. We know that he is there because he is almighty God who created all things, who sent his son into the world to rescue the world. We know that he is there. Seek the Lord, come with commitment to him. And then while he may be found, it implies an urgency uh, and a limited time of opportunity. And we could translate that while he permits himself to be found. Seek the Lord while he permits himself to be found. Playing hide and seek with a four-year-old is fun. And it only works if I hide in the most easiest of places. Maybe she's a little bit older now and she can, she can find me a lot easier. But about a year earlier, a year ago, I, I needed to make sure that I, 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 I made a noise or I hid in the most easiest of places or made a little noise to direct her to where I am. Somebody said... Seek the Lord while he may be found. Somebody said this, which I thought was really helpful. This is a divinely determined day of grace and salvation. That today is a day that is divinely determined. And it is a a day of grace and salvation. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And that's a really, really important message for us. Perhaps we're visiting church today. We do not know the Lord and we're maybe interested in in Christian things. Or perhaps if you are a believer and you're talking to a non-believer, the message is that there is a God to be found who wants to get to know him or her, who wants to do you good and not to harm you. A God who is kind and merciful and a God who is gracious. But there is urgency. Don't leave it until it's too late. For believers as well who are perhaps backslidden, who who are away from the Lord, there is an urgency. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Don't leave it until tomorrow. 
Seek Him right now. Seek Him while you can still seek Him. Remember the message of the Gospel as Jesus Christ came to seek and to save what was lost. I'll never forget uh, early days in, in Smithton Free Church and there was a man by the name of Henry O'Rombi who came to speak to to us. He uh, was in the Anglican Church in Uganda. He was very high up. He, perhaps he was the highest in, 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 in the church in Uganda. And I'll never forget the words that he used. He said this. He said, thank you so much for coming to Africa more than 200 years ago and sharing the gospel with us. Thank you so much. And I sat there and I thought, wow, what a great thing to say. The first thing that he says is, thank you for bringing the gospel to us. But then he went on to say, we now need to come to you to bring the gospel. We need to come into your land in Scotland and we need to, 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 to renew that. We need to remind you of the message of the gospel. And I thought that was amazing. But actually when we think about it, we, we can't rely on that. We can't rely on other people coming. We need to, to say we have a message to say. We have a wonderful message. The message is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners like you and I. We have a message of good news. And so we notice first of all the God who is there. But then we notice the God who is merciful. We see in verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Notice a couple of things here. First of all, notice the need for repentance. What is Repentance, it is a turning away from sin, isn't it? Hating it and, and resolving by God's strength to forsake it even as we turn to Him in faith. It's a, it's a turning away from sin. And we think about sin, it's not limiting sin to, to a broken relationship or, or negative thinking or, or merely making mistakes or sin's effects or, or sins themselves but that you and I were born rebellious against God we are rebels at heart we are born rebellious and when we think about sin sin is a direct affront to God himself my daughter didn't learn bad behavior. When we said to her, don't touch that, we can just see her, her mind going from when she was very little. All she wanted to do is touch it. Because in her is this natural inclination to rebel. And that is you and I. Sin is like, if you like, is... It's like most of those on the Titanic. They didn't know the reality of what was going on in the depths of the ship. They didn't know what was happening. The music was still going on the deck. Isaiah 64, 6 says, All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. 
and those who were hearing the gospel as preached by Peter, they said, what do we do with this news? What do we do? He says this, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And when we think about repentance, repentance is not just an optional plug-in, is it? To the Christian life. It is absolutely crucial. It is absolutely central to it. Marking out those who have been saved by God from those who have not. In fact, you cannot be saved without repentance. Repentance is more than saying sorry. It is a deliberate change of direction. We were once going in one direction and then we turn around 360 and we're going in the opposite direction, running towards God. And we come to the Lord as we are, but we do not stay as we are. I wonder this morning, is Jesus both your Saviour and your Lord. I, I love the story when I came across the story of a man by the name of Stephen Lungu. Now Stephen Lungu had a horrendous story actually. He, 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 his mother was a prostitute and he grew up on the streets of Harare in Zimbabwe, formerly Rhodesia. Stephen Lungo uh, had a horrendous start to his life. His uh, mother threw him out. Uh, She was a prostitute. And so he became, at a very, very young age, he became a gang member, sleeping under bridges, sniffing glue, you name it. He was there right at the bottom of the pile. And there was a mission tent in Harare one day. And um, the gang leader said to Stephen Lungo, I want you to take petrol bombs and I want you to go and cause havoc because they are speaking about somebody who we hate. This person, Jesus, who they call God, go and wreak havoc there. Take your petrol bombs and do it. And Stephen Lungo, probably at the time high on glue, He goes and he organizes his rucksack and he goes into this tent and the preacher is up the front there and he thinks to himself, let me sit down. And when there is an interval, and let me just listen to what he is saying, and after he has finished speaking, then I will do what I've been told to do. And he sits there and he listens to the message of the gospel. And for the first time in his life, he hears about sin and rebellion and hatred for God. He shares about the need for repentance and the good news of Jesus Christ. And Stephen Lungo sits there with his initial motivation to cause havoc. He sits there and after a while tears start flooding down uh, down his cheeks as he shares about the gospel and the good news of grace. He hears about the need for repentance and for the first time he hears a message of transformation. And he's stopped in his tracks. And no longer is his motivation to go and kill and cause havoc. But his motivation is transformed as he is converted in those seats in that tent hall. 
And talk about transformation, there's an organization called African Enterprise, which was started by an, a man by the name of Michael Cassidy. And the mission of that organization was to evangelize the cities of Africa. And this same Stephen Lungu goes on to become CEO of African Enterprise, evangelizing the cities of Africa, transforming lives, changing the world. The Bible says that from Mother Teresa to the drug dealer down the ferry, without Christ we're on a level playing field. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord. There is hope for the drug dealer down and the ferry, for the person who are caught up in their sins, whatever that is. There is hope. And so we say the need for repentance, but we notice as well the gift of forgiveness. The second part of verse 7 says, Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. I'm a runner and there is a hill just the other side of Rosemarkey. It's a really, really steep hill. And uh, a number of weeks ago, this was a real slog. I slogged up this hill, and it was quite a hot day, really, really slogging up the hill. But the relief of getting to the top and looking out over the water and down to Fort George, an absolutely beautiful sight. Think about the gospel. The gospel is bad news before it is good news. We, we need to recognize that there is bad news, but there is good news as well. As we think of these words here, just see what Alec Matias says. There are two parts to the Lord's response. First of all, subjectively, mercy. The surging love of the divine heart. And I love that. Isaiah 54 verse 8 says, In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. And then verse 10, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you so subjectively there is mercy objectively there is pardon the actual forgiveness of sins pardon he says is free full and covenanted God will have mercy on him or her who turns to him in repentance it is sure, it is definite, and it is reliable. God will forgive those who come to him seeking repentance. It's a bit like a lady I know who fought a horrible battle with cancer, diagnosed with cancer, chemo, treatment, and there came the day 
where she was diagnosed as free from cancer. The great relief of being given a clean bill of health and that great relief of turning to God and finding in him the promise of forgiveness. And as we look at God's mercy through the lens of the New Testament, we are reminded that Jesus Christ came and he gave his life for you and me. He took our place on the cross that we might be restored to our Father in heaven. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more, goes the hymn. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore, our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. What riches of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment, his life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could, we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. What a great God we have. Three applications, very briefly. Three applications. First of all, pursue God. Pursue God. William Carey, in his first five years in India, had the most horrendous, difficult work. There was no fruit. People in his group were dying. It was really, really, really difficult. And he was forced to move to a place called Serampore in West Bengal. And the first five years he was in utter despair at times. Calling out to God, Why, O Lord, at times did you bring me here? Why, O Lord, have you forgotten me? No fruit, just suffering it would seem. And then only when he moved to Serampore did he and his people begin to see any fruit. But he, he continued to pursue God. He continued to seek God's face. I wonder this morning, perhaps you're in a spiritually dry place. You've come this morning to church and unknown to anybody else. You're a long way away from God and you don't even know how it happened. But before you knew it, you found that you were a long way away from God. What I would say to you this morning to encourage you is to pursue God. Attend the means of grace. Sometimes the last thing that we want to do is to, to come to church. Sometimes the last thing that we want to do is to read the Bible. Sometimes the last thing we want to do is to pray. And yet I would encourage you this morning to pursue God. It is a day of small things. It is a day of faithfulness. It is a day of putting one foot in front of the other. Faithfulness towards God. No matter how hard it is. And then secondly. So firstly pursue God. Secondly forgive others. As God has forgiven you. The fruit of God's richness towards us. Uh, 
You and I have been forgiven for our sins. Psalm 103 verse 12 is far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In your marriage, if you're married, perhaps words have been used against you that have been painful, that have been hurtful. Perhaps in the workplace somebody, something has been said about you behind your back that has been very, very difficult to, to accept. In the workplace perhaps you're at the bottom of the pile with regards to any recognition or, or, or commendations. Perhaps at school that bully has had a go at you again. Don't let bitterness rule your life. Forgive. Forgive them. One of the most powerful things that we can do is to forgive those who have hurt us. And then, lastly, thank God for His mercy. Do you thank God for His mercy? Do you regularly thank God for the small things and the big things. Psalm 146 verses 5 to 10. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bound down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to God's mercy. Give thanks to the God of mercy. The one who sent his son into the world to die the death that we deserve to die. We give thanks to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you, dear Father, that in a world of meaninglessness and purposelessness and hopelessness we thank you that your people have hope we thank you that we are able to know a God who is merciful and kind and patient Lord continue with us this time we pray and we ask it in your name Amen Amen I'm going to sing about that God now Psalm 103 Verses 1 to 11 in Sing Psalms. Praise God, my soul, with all my heart. Let me exalt his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. His praise, my soul, in song proclaim. Let's sing to God's praise.
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Saviour through Christ Jesus our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.